Hey, are you like us and trying to make your own podcast but aren't really sure where to get started? Well, when we first began, we didn't really know how to get our podcast out there to the hundreds of different podcast platforms. That's where Anchor comes in. Anchor is your one-stop shop for all things podcasting from start to finish. It allows you to record and edit your podcast and then when you're ready to publish, distributes it to a ton of podcasting platforms including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Once you've posted your episode, Anchor tracks listening across platforms and graphs your performance across countries, age groups and platforms. That's how we know that 4% of our listeners are in Hong Kong. If you're listening from Hong Kong right now, well, thank you. And Anchor is totally free. To get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's a n c h o r.fm to get started. Now back to the pod. This doesn't make any sense. It's been all over the place. I 100% stand by that statement. It is absolutely amazing. <laughs> I turned off the TV and then turned it on just because I had nothing to do. I feel for you guys. I mean, I'm not a glory hunter. No, no. When uh, you're playing Roy King, how can you not get a red card? That is needed. <laughs> yeah. No one can deny that it is lame. It's been dreadful. So. so my my take on this is why does anyone care? I, there was a, a slew of like nine games where I was like, why is he starting each and every time? Going up, 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 and all that. What? We are a football club. We need to win games. Oh. Really? He has. Hey everyone, and welcome to an all new episode of All About Sports, the podcast. I am your host Mazhar, and I have Rishabh and Aniket as well. But today it's slightly different. Uh, Krishnan and Gui will be not hosts but guests, and the reason for that is today's episode is all about Arsenal Football Club, and it's my pleasure to also introduce our special guest, Mr. Anmol Jamwal, aka Jammy Pants. I'm sure a lot of you know him. He's the founder of Tried and Refuse Productions (TRP), one of India's leading movie review channels. Uh, shout out to him for that. Firstly, Jambal, uh, no questioning your taste in movies, but I am going to question your taste in football clubs. Uh, so, for all of those who don't know, uh, Jambal is an Arsenal fan, as so are my co-hosts today, sadly. And I feel for you guys. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm going to stop with that banter. Let's get into it, actually. So, the first thing I wanted to bring up with. relation to arsenal is the manager of course there's been a lot of talks about mikel arteta uh, arsenal fans were very optimistic about the season that was going to kick off considering they won the fa cup they also won the charity shield and things were looking up for arsenal of course uh, highly there was a high dependence on obameyang and we were wondering how that would work out so I just wanted to get into it. So, firstly, Jambal, how are you doing? And thank you so much for making time in your packed schedule here today to join us on something that is completely people don't know, realize that is also a part of your domain is football. So, yeah. No, uh, thank you so much, guys, for having me. Uh, I'm an avid listener. I keep on telling Maz uh, what a great job you guys are doing, and. Uh, Yes, uh, it's been a busy year. Everything's turned digital, so sort of uh, every theatrical release has turned uh, into an OTT one. So uh, 
even though sort of the situation is odd uh, worldwide uh, sort of that way work has still been consistent so that's a blessing uh, so with football yes uh, i mean uh, it's been an odd year of course for all arsenal fans um, i obviously I, i don't think anybody would have uh, foreshadowed to be in such a predicament that we are uh, in today um, i i mean i forgot how it felt to win and yesterday night i was i was like oh this is how it feels oh a game where uh, they play good football so yes it is been an odd year but through and through i guess i mean i'm not a glory hunter I, even though uh, i was 9 uh, years old when i started supporting them and it was 2003 4 which was the best time to be an arsenal fan but uh, so uh, i mean it is what it is right now i I mean, uh, all of you can chime in about the uh, manager and what you think about him. Uh, then I'll uh, sort of uh, come in between and give my opinion as well. Yeah, no, I think I think it goes without saying. If you're an Arsenal fan, you can't be a glory hunter, or you've misunderstood what that term means. <laughs> <laughs> so one, just one thing, Krishnan, before you mention it, and I'm glad you brought up the glory hunter part because <laughs> this actually bodes well into sub. I was watching Arsenal fan TV mind you it's one of my favorite channels but in that they interviewed Mia Khalifa and yeah. she's a West Ham fan and she said she doesn't want to support Arsenal because she likes supporting the underdogs and then it's just ironic that the host of Arsenal fan TV is like trying to convince her that Arsenal's no more a good team <laughs> so it was just sort of weird so yeah sorry krishnan go ahead No, no, that that completely makes sense, and you know, it is it is funny that I'll I'll be the first to say, you know, by Arsenal Wenger's last season, I was uh, definitely on the bandwagon of I'm really grateful for everything Arsenal Wenger's done for the club, but I think it's time for him to uh, move on from Arsenal Football Club. Um, here's the reason I'm still slightly optimistic about Mikel Arteta. Um, I give him a lot of props for the end of last season. You know, when I think he took over from Unai Emery, Arsenal was in an extremely stagnant spot both offensively and defensively. We were extremely slow offensively. We had no ideas, which is ironic given the current situation. But um and defensively we 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 just were making way too many mistakes and had we, we weren't able to shore up our defense. Mikel Arteta found a way at the end of last season to create some nice dynamic plays. Admittedly, it it was also a result of Aubameyang's form like you said. but he found a way to use maitland niles in interesting ways he found ways to like overload our wings in a way that brought out even the talents of someone like a you know uh, like a saka um so i give a lot of props to mikel arteta even this season weirdly for the maybe the first time since i've been an arsenal fan i think our defense might be better than our attack yeah. uh, which i think a little bit might be to arteta's credit and he's found some really nice i mean him and recruiting i found some really nice pieces and Gabriel and Tierney um Bellerin is hit or miss Rob Holding I'm excited to see Pablo Mari play more um so I think you know we have to give him time um there has to be a little bit of patience he's obviously run out of ideas down the middle in in the attack but he figured out a way to generate some excitement in our offense last year so I trust him to figure it out he's newer to this so it will take some time we just need to be honest about where arsenal is right now you know the situation also with uh, especially him taking over una emery is that there became a huge uh, sort of discipline issue uh, in the team and it was very clear that uh, uh, especially because of the barrier of language with una emery and 
if you also look at his time in PSG, a lot of the star players had sort of like ego uh, issues with him. And mm-hmm. uh, when it's uh, when the sort of uh, players themselves don't have a sense of respect for the manager, I feel like it was uh, really in shambles in terms of just personal relationships with a person who's telling you what to do on the pitch. And uh, for Arteta to come and sort of like, and it, 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 if you look at it right now, Arsenal's gone through an absolute change from uh, uh, the agent issues, the recruitment issues. So it's been in like, it's been all over the place for a manager like Arteta, who's so young to sort of deal with the whole situation. I'm actually not surprised that we're in such a, a bad situation. I think this is the sort of gestation period we have to go through to, you know, eventually reach some kind of normalcy. Yep. I, I read this somewhere yep. and I don't I, I, I want to know what you think about it. Uh, Mikel Arteta is the reason why to a club which is not as well financed as the big guns. So I mean just, just giving some perspective, right? Mikel Arteta has not had the time to push in his own XYZ category of signings. Most of the signing are most of the signing are dictated by someone else. So that is not something to do with all different forms of things which are happening at the club, who's going to dictate signings and all of those. That lack of clarity has always been around uh, once Arsene Wenger moves, right? Once a legacy manager moves, a club is basically, okay, who does what? So everyone's trying to figure that out. Hmm. And uh, my, my one, one, since we're talking about managers, one thing I would really credit to my memory for is Letting the young ones play. Like, okay, maybe these guys aren't clicking. Let someone who just emotionally charged drive a game. And and to some and to some extent, Hayland has had some really good uh, academy prospects in the current generation. And just okay. Now this is a very bad way to look at it. Since Emery's time wasn't going well, see. Maybe from the middle of the season on, middle of his first season after the 23 uh, game unbeaten run, that side didn't really pick up and go anywhere. You guys, yeah, I know you're mentioning a lot about Arteta. You like what he's bringing to the team. There may be some elements going forward that you see and you want to back him. Now, I was just looking at the stats. Now, Wenger in his last season uh, finished sixth with 63 points in the Premier League. Unai Emery in his first season had 70, uh, finished fifth. Now, that was obviously seven uh, seven points better than the previous season. He had a slump in 1920 and that's when they got rid of him. He had 18 points in 13 games, Uh, so which came to 1.38 points per match. Now, when Arteta came in, he did a pretty decent job, 1.65 points per game. They ended up eighth, but that was still a lower points per match rating than when Wenger was there uh, in his last season. Mm. So, and this season, well, we all know eight losses already. It's been dreadful. 17 points from 15 games for a club like Arsenal it doesn't cut it, according to me. And it, coming back to what Gui had mentioned about not being backed with support of uh, signings, look at Manchester United as well. Uh, they didn't get the players they wanted. We all know that Jaden Sancho saga. But they cope. They found a way. 
I think Arsenal made a great signing in Thomas Partey. He's not adopted or adapted his system to sort of bolster that attack and create something in the middle of the park. Uh, coming back to what you said, Krishnan, about them not conceding many goals, I agree. But if you look at it, in 35 Premier League games, and uh, uh, Arteta has won 14. He's lost 13. So that's that speaks volumes about how inconsistent they are. And goals for is only 47. And goals against is 40. So I think... Like you said, yes, they aren't scoring goals. And that's obvious because they only have Aubameyang leading the front. But defensively also, you're still conceding one goal per game. Or more than one goal per game. So, their need... I mean, I can understand the frustration of most of the Arsenal fans saying there's still nothing and they're not seeing growth. Now, that brings me to my next question. Do you actually think, is that only a manager thing? Or do you guys feel that the players do not deserve to wear the Arsenal shirt. I know there are exceptions, uh, like, uh, of course, Tierney, I think, is great. Some of these uh, other young crop players, like Saka and all, they understand what it means to be an Arsenal player. But I still have big question marks on the, the recruiting. So, Jambal or Krishnan, whoever wants to open up on this. Uh, I'll just uh, focus on two things. Uh, is that uh, at least in this decade, uh, the uh, consistent feature used to be with Arsenal fans that we used to get, uh, at least, uh, sorry, the Arsenal team was that we used to get thrammed by the top six. So much so that it was a regular feature to lose like 6 1, 7, 8 2. You know, you had these like crazy margins that we were losing by. Uh, it's only now that I. Uh, look forward to not being embarrassed when I play a top six team. Uh, I know this is also a transition uh, to talk about uh, the agent recruitment. If you read about Kia uh, uh, and uh, his relationship with Edu and how he sort of streamlined rolled the process of getting David Luiz, Cedric Suarez, he's even got Billion. Um, you look at these things and you realize these guys in their early 30s to late 20s uh, getting three-year contracts. It, it is also uh, uh, a combination of Arteta not being uh, in the front seat of doing these signings. A lot of people say his major signings are Gabriel, Partey and Tierney. These are three people that he really wanted and they're like some of our best performers. He's also been unlucky because... Uh, Partey has not missed so many matches in his entire career than when he's signed for Arsenal. So in that way also I feel like um, he's uh, in a lot of matches you will see that he sets up to not lose. And in that setting up to not lose he soaks up a lot of pressure which eventually leads to nothing happening in front. So uh, I feel like uh, uh, in, he's trying to uh, do one thing at a time. And that has led to our downfall as well because we're like, okay, we'll be solid at the back and that'll be fine. But when you've got uh, so many players, we've got Mustafi, we've got Socrates, we've got so many players who barely play now. And it's pretty clear that uh, we want to eventually offload them. So uh, I feel like um, in that process of trying to build up a solid back line, he hasn't uh, focused on how to transition from uh, the midfield to the front. We're just looking at Tierney, like pushing it up to Aubameyang. So people have realized we just freeze Aubameyang and they can't do anything. So uh, I feel like uh, 
that's my take on the whole thing which actually also brings me to the the other point now that you brought up socrates uh, mustafi all of these so called deadwood players right uh, what about ozil i know jamal you are a big fan of mesut ozil i know gui and krishnan also like him so what is so gui uh, i mean what's your opinion on the ozil scenario yes let's not get into the politics of it but yeah like i okay according to me i feel like ozil is staging a lot of things as well i mean you aren't completely innocent when you're earning 350 quid 1000 quid a week but so yeah guys complete the flaw is yours i'm not going to get into it but that's my take i think playing a cheeky game here he's trying to like be the good guy when he might actually not be that good so my my take on this is why does anyone care my concern is If you need to play somewhere in the hole between your midfield and the forwards, find someone. Okay, it need not be Ozil, right? Emil Smith Rowe had a great game yesterday. Now the kid can play between the uh, deep line midfielders and the attackers. He can. He's played on the wing in his uh, academy days, so he knows how to make a move in that area. Okay, so my only question is why is the mobile? You can't trust Lacazette to drop back and play in that position. No, I don't want a false nine Lacazette. I just don't want a false nine striker to begin with. <laughs> That's a personal choice. But if not Ozil, you need someone, right? So I don't care if it's Ozil playing there, if it's Emil Smith Rowe playing there, even though he's what twenty. Honestly, I just don't want to see Lacazette or Willian who are absolutely incapable of playing in that role playing. But that's that's about it for me. When I saw Willian play there, I almost, I almost, just I turned off the TV and then turned it on just because I had nothing to do. That's the only reason I watched that game. All right, Lacazette playing nine, okay. He, he has he has a famous hold uh, up play. Uh, okay, okay. I'm just gonna. Body check everyone. I am gonna block everyone using my back because well, I don't need to look towards goal, right? I'm not a striker at all, so it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I'd much rather see Reece Nelson, who's barely played there, just because he has the drive. He has the drive to carry the ball. Willian, he has the drive to carry the ball to the corner flag and then out. Like I said, he does not have. He, he can't carry the ball right he doesn't have the pace he doesn't have the dribbling to carry a ball he can finish he can finish you need but you need to put it on a plate for him now all of those things i much rather see willer play in that position but you you mentioned ozil is more about where ozil plays as opposed to ozil so just someone to fill that role and and i think gui this speaks to the broader point that we're getting at what i have no issue with inconsistency if we make the concerted decision at this point at trajectory to say we're not going with old players we're taking a decision to go with our young guys like like you like like you said jamal like getting in players like david luiz villian are just short sighted decisions villian i i'm not happy in a team that's losing when we're playing villian oba and lacazette in our front three because that bodes no optimism for the future If we're playing guys like Martinelli, if we're giving opportunities to people like Saka, that's where the attention should go. So the whole reason I'm not, so I'm upset with the Ozil situation because I just want to see him playing again for some team. 
I don't think it's a big deal for Arsenal because frankly, I'd much rather give that creative opportunity to someone like a Saka. I think Saka is someone who could get that opportunity. We saw Emil Smith-Rowe yesterday. He was great. Obviously, I don't know how much he can maintain that consistency. Um, but I'd rather see people like them get that opportunity, even if it means we're inconsistent. And I think that goes back to the broader point, Mazak, of how you said, you know, this year, Arsenal is, Arteta's performance is way worse than maybe Unai Emery's first year and even Arsene Wenger. I don't deny that. And I'm okay with it if it means we're finally pushing and saying, hey, we're at a point in our trajectory where we're just going to take these young guys and run with some of these really, really awesome young guys that we have. We have Saka at 19. Leno is 28. He's been fantastic. Which And 28 for a keeper is not particularly old. Tierney is 23. Gabriel is 23. I think he's been awesome in the center of defense. Martinelli is 19. Um, Rob Holding party is slightly older at 25-27. William Saliba had a fantastic year on loan last year. Obviously, he's not played so much when he's come back for Arsenal. Um, so he's been like we have really, really good young pieces. What we can't afford to be is crappy with an old team. So if he keeps going on the trajectory, I'm happy to take the uh, the fifteenth the the fifteenth place of this lot. The question is: the question is, would you rather that Saliba play, Saka play, Smithrow play, Nelson play, as mm-hmm. opposed to David Luiz? Yeah, and we lose, and we lose the respectable two, three, four, even. Oh, okay, even the same four line as we used to against the big six. But, mm. or, or, or do you prefer a one nil loss or a two nil loss with a completely drab team going over? I'd much rather see the young ones at least go for Because I, I think if I'm not wrong, there was this one game uh, away at the Old Trafford. It was a horrible light blue kit which we had. Uh, <laughs> and, and, Willock was playing, Maitland Niles was playing, and, and we lost narrowly. We just by a bare slim margin we lost. And that was the proudest I've been at of a performance at the Trafford Trafford for a very long time. And again, when it happened, I think last season, when it was Saka who gave the initial ball to Hova to score the one nil win, much rather have him do it as opposed to see William running around like a I mean pointless, aimless, absolutely you know, uh, uh, one thing that I we can definitely, uh, at least uh, one thing that baffles me about uh, the choices that he, uh, Arteta makes is that you sign Saliba for 27 million and he doesn't play because you say that he is going through personal issues, right? And when you look at Ozil, you're talking about why isn't Ozil playing? It's be- And the biggest issue is that Ozil hasn't been replaced by a person with what Ozil used to do. So, uh, in that sense, I'm a little baffled with a lot of uh, decisions like not playing Balogun, who's like one of the best prospects we have going forward as well, uh, preferring Inketia over him. And then Willian, preferring Willian over Pepe all the time. I, there was a, a slew of like nine games where I was like, why is he starting each and every time? And, you know, I- he, gives, um, uh, he punishes players for like uh, disciplinary things like... Uh, with uh, what happened with a few people, but when William went to Dubai and was with that salt bay guy, nothing happened. He started the next match, so there is uh, I don't know. It is with Java, which actually brings me to two statements that are so baffling, and I just don't understand Arteta at times, and it's really confusing for fans as well. Football is not like basketball. I'm quoting him. <laughs> In basketball, you shoot 50 times and the opponent uh, the opponent does it once and you win every single game. 
it doesn't work in football like that you can do it the opposite way around and lose 1-0 what i 100% stand by that statement it is absolutely krishna krishna <laughs> tell me this reminds me of that barcelona celtic champions league game where barcelona had some 40 <laughs> shots in the game some 89% possession and they still lost so i forgot the goalkeeper's name i forgot the goalkeeper's name who saved uh, a one on one against messi i forgot his name i don't <laughs> remember all that but the point is this doesn't make any sense he's smoking something and if he is then please pass that along but coming back to a second quote and jamal again this is exactly why i'm more baffled about whether you can have faith in the guy as your manager last year we won against everton with a 25% chance of winning you win 3-2 last weekend it was a 67% chance of winning any premier league game in history and a 9% chance of losing and you lose 3% against burnley and you lose 7% against Spurs and you lose. What? This is like a time. understanding of the statement and I lose. So, <laughs> my point being, okay, I don't, I don't understand press conferences. Like, okay, don't, don't go for press conference stuff because yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen a video of Mourinho going up, 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 and all that bullshit. <laughs> yeah. they, they call Mourinho box office. All right. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't care about what goes on in a press conference. That's fine. I can debate that. But, press conference and there are so many times okay people had a problem when Wenger said oh if you think it's that easy come manage the club and his point still stands right no none of the managers who come along have been able to do it so yeah. go for it so but that's not the same is, it's definitely not the same uh, it's different it's when same. you come out it's different when you come out and say absurd stuff to back up your players or you criticize the opposition you make random statements with projections like percentages see, of wins the, the only the, the only, on, only yeah. issue is the only issue is that arsenal are one of the clubs which has always been in the limelight for not doing well in spite of being a top tier club right so the manager perennially under the spotlight players same thing happens gareth southgate said some absurd thing about what would villa fans do if jack greenish started the game because they wouldn't have anything to tweet about but, but nobody cares what gareth thing. southgate does no right? but they so, no oh. you're wrong they do hate him no one likes gareth southgate england fans that, that are not so. fond of him as a manager <laughs> no no but i it's fine but do you do you, is it blown up to the same proportion as it would be for Arteta? is my only question and answer no, you see uh, no one can deny that it is lame the statement yeah yeah this yeah <laughs> defending that that you know he has a point but uh, the point i want to make is that we uh, are expecting uh, it to happen whatever he says because he's really good with his words and sometimes uh, arsenal fans are really taken aback by oh he's it really understands the sentiment of arsenal fans but when it doesn't translate on the pitch that's the biggest yeah. issue a lot yeah. of the things that he says it doesn't really uh, sort of translate to his recruitment, his choice of the first eleven, and a lot of that. My, my current issue with with what is happening right now is it's going somehow becoming the same as the same as what it was at Emery. It suddenly becomes a project for the future too. We have to win now, or else I'm fired. So I mean, why why are you doing that? If there is a committed timeline for you, there is a contract, and you know this is not going to happen. Okay, but Emery Emery started doing that, right? I'm going to just plug people in a position and expect them to play center attack mid. Alright? So my point being, 
I called fake. Is this a project for the future? Is it as promised, or is it I must win now? Which is why you're playing someone like Brilliant, you're playing Glatar, you're playing. I mean, every game, in spite of knowing that, well, just I mean, Jamal said, Balogun, right? He has, he has been far ahead in terms of just sheer attacking placement, attacking runs, as opposed to Lakhiz, right? Because the Lakhiz has no option, right? He's not going to outrun a player. So try something else. So is it a Krishna, project for the future or yeah. I must win now? Krishna, do you see Arsenal having a system under Mikel Arteta currently? Do you I, see I, I, a long-term project under him? Yes, I do. But it requires two things. And I think you both brought it up. One, there's a level of honesty that is required. Honesty in two fronts. One, we need to stop being as arrogant as we've been in the past. I think it was last year against Brighton. I think it was Mope or something who came out and like Arsenal. I think Mope tackled someone and a bunch of Arsenal players got in their place. Arsenal can't have... Yeah, and Arsenal can't have the arrogance of believing that we deserve three points at the end of the day and we will get three points. And I believe I fell into this trap as well pretty much every week thinking, well, we've lost the last four games. We have to get three points at this point. No one gives it gives you points. So we have to be self-aware enough to realize we, we are not owed anything in this league. Every player has to realize that and has to provide that commitment. It, it, had, takes, a, it, takes, a, it takes effort every single game in and game out. And it doesn't matter that you, that you put 460 terrible crosses into the box. You have to create chances that are actually valuable. That's the, that's the rule that every single you know, team in the league has. We are one of the worst teams in short conversion. The only team that is like Manchester City is at similar short conversion rates, but they create 450 chances. So I believe Arteta can, like, can, can create a system, but it requires a level of honesty from the players to realize that we have to um, be honest with ourselves and realize we're not the Arsenal of old. We need to perform week in, week out. Number two, it requires a level of honesty to be honest with which players are good. Okay, And I think even that comes to the youth as well. We can't get caught up with something like the Europa League when we're playing mold and be like, you know, Reese Nelson suddenly starts to look like he's uh, Ozil of old and we suddenly get really, really optimistic. So it takes a level of honesty. And the second thing that, that is absolutely required is an attitude change. An attitude change in the sense that we need to be composed. The game against Burnley where we are actually putting pressure on Burnley and Zaka goes and chokes out the player and gets a red card. And later on, I think we should have gotten a second red card with what El Mohamed El Neni did. That can't happen. There has to be a level of temperament and composure that needs to be established in the team. And that, it's, it's an issue because, you know, I actually think our defense is doing better. But because of our temperament, we make mistakes and we, we concede goals. So temperament needs to change a little bit to just calm down a little bit be more composed. There has to be a level of patience from fans. And with that, I do believe Arteta can create a system. But he is slower because he is newer. So, Jamal, like, what just, is... Sorry, Kui, go ahead. So, what Krishnan said, right? If you want if you want to look at Liverpool four years ago, they, I think nobody there believed right from the manager to the players. And they never kept on harping it that we are Liverpool, we are a top four club. No. We are a football club, we need to win games. So we will play XYZ, whatever is required. We don't we don't care what our past dictates. And now this is this is something I don't really appreciate when I hear Arsenal players and managers speak in the last one, one and a half years. We are the Arsenal, we need to get back to the old. Relax. First first try beating goals, speaking together. Okay? Try beating goals, try beating Burnley, try beating Brighton, because those guys 
are convinced that they'll do what it takes to win three points every week. Don't don't think of it as a long-term project that I will play today's game based on oh we want to develop the silkiest football ever. So let me not focus on three points today. No, you have to focus on three points today as well. So just to wrap up, guys. Finally, Jamal, what are your league expectations now? Realistically, we're almost halfway through the season. Uh, where do you see Arsenal finishing, or ideally, where would you want them to finish now? Uh, so I, I don't think uh, it matters where would I want them to be. I think realistically, uh, uh, I think Arsenal will be a top ten team. Um, I think uh, they'll figure it out with a uh, January transfer window as well. And uh, I, I, I'm sure they're going to get a creative midfielder. Uh, and I think it will be a top ten team where there can be aspirations to do maybe something in the Europa League. Uh, otherwise, I have very realistic expectations. Nothing uh, special at all, even when it comes to trophies. Uh, Europa League about... qualifications called. <laughs> I said it. Qualifications oh. called. Qualifications called. Not okay. Uh, six. Yeah. We're still in the FA Cup. We're still in the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, no, oh, but finally, guys. <laughs> finally, one last thing. Uh, I mean, I know you guys are Arsenal fans. Have been. Arsenal fans for donkeys years. Jamal, you yourself. Just a quiz here, a quick fire question. Jamal, <laughs> who has the most red cards for Arsenal in the Premier League ever? Isn't it Zaka? No. <laughs> Gui, you want to have a go? Is it Arteta? Absolutely not, guys. You you are embarrassing. Is it, is it Vieira or Martin Kuhn? Martin. Yes, it's Vieira. It's Vieira. Yeah, he had eight in nine seasons, but that's not that much, yeah. When I come to think of it. No, no. When uh, you're playing Roy, then how can you not get a red card? That is needed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Giggs never had a red card, so we can. You're playing with Roy Keane. That's why. Who is playing Roy Keane? Getting all the red cards for him. <laughs> okay, now a very another very very interesting fact. I was pulling up these questions. Um, any of you can have a go. Who has the worst clean sheet record for Arsenal? So, as in, uh, like, who has the least clean sheets per game on average? You're saying goalkeepers, Mas, or any player in the goalkeepers? Goalkeepers, goalkeepers. of course, goalkeepers. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna pick between uh, Czech and Albania. Okay. Anyone else? Uh, I think Almunia is a good choice. Almunia was quite the. Stinker. Almunia was probably a worst keeper, but stats-wise, not. Christian, just to pick a different, I was thinking Almunia too, but just to pick a different name, Chesney. You guys will be shocked. I myself was surprised. Is it, is, is it it's Bernd Leno. Really? He has a clean sheet every four games. Everyone else is around the two and a half to three mark, but yeah, it's Bernd Leno. So that really nails down and pro- probably explains why Arsenal have struggled. Um, yes, the so, man faces more shots than three of our keepers of the past combined. <laughs> this is not on him. That stat is not on him. I, I know. This, that, this is the one thing. That I... is on everyone who plays in front of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's yeah. blaming. No one's blaming. No one's blaming Leno. He's probably one of your best keepers ever in terms of skill levels. But uh, anyway, that brings us to an end to our episode. Firstly, thank you so much, Jamal. Pleasure to have you. Um, Looking forward to many more episodes, which are non-Arsenal related. Ideally, when you can make time. <laughs> and uh, thanks, Krishnan and Gui. It's always a pleasure. Uh, and uh, 
everyone tuning in thank you so much like share subscribe comment we're on every podcast platform you can imagine so do tune in uh, the videos are on facebook youtube instagram we bring in content every week so stay tuned and we'll be back with a new episode next week bye bye